Hey, I'm not gonna be a real patient guy now. Huddle up, huddle up. You know what? You're like my wife when you get in space. You just get lost. We're not posing for football cards now, offense. We're not posing for football cards. Let's play with some speed. Just get north and south. You're not Billy White Shoes Johnson. How stupid are we? Are you out of your mind? Are you out of your skull? Well, call it on Tom Brady, will you? Call it on those guys. I've never seen that in my life. Do it again. Do it again. Ho, 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 ho! Santa Claus is here, huddle up! You gotta build the foundation, man. That's what we're doing here. What's going on, Raider Nation? Micah here, along with my hired henchman, Tyler, bringing you another episode of the Behind the Eye Patch podcast on a week of victory, Tyler. Tell me you are as excited as I am. Yes, I am excited as you yes. are. I, uh, If I could sing the SpongeBob song of victory, sweet, sweet victory. Yep, I would sing it, but I wow. can't. So uh, there we go. That will have to suffice. <laughs> My pipes are not quite sufficiently warm this evening. and uh, But yes, a strong victory. A strong victory for the Oakland Raiders. The last time Monday Night Football will be on in the Oakland Coliseum. Last time the Broncos ever come to Oakland uh, until like 20 years down the road when they move back to Oakland and and renew their once feared and hated rivalry. They're still (laughs) hated. They will still continue to be hated. Um, but alas, no more Oakland Raiders. Right. Tis we'll just be the Las from Vegas city. Raiders via Oakland. Right. Right. Well, I tell you what, man, there's so much that we could get in on this game. I mean, the fact that n- somebody said it earlier in the week that Oakland had every excuse to come out and just lay an egg you know, in this game, a late night game, probably not going to have, I I don't know what the numbers were as far as for nationally, you know, how many people tuned in, but I mean, on the East coast, it's starting around 1030 at night, you know, uh, you've had all this, he who must not be named drama going on and, and, you know, all the way up literally till, I hope they tan his, like, I I hope they nail his hide to the wall, by the way. That's all I'm going to say. Yes. That's all you hear on the Behind the Eye Patch podcast is those two references and maybe a couple in an interview that we have coming up. But we're done. There you we go. have moved on. There you go. Never there, there a are, Raider, not a Raider. So No. And there are two things that never get discussed on the podcast. I think maybe we need to make it a third now. One is politics. Uh, Wait. Oh, no, one's just politics. We're always family friendly, and there is no uh, talk of a silver, well, what is now a a blue and silver um, uh, wide receiver, and he's their problem now. God bless him, I say, and uh, I hope they have as much fun with him as we did. Uh, that's all, that's the really the best that's way. That's it, that's all uh, we're going to say. Put that, yeah. So, anywho, fantastic, fantastic team victory for the Raiders on Monday night. You mentioned this, Tyler. Really, all three phases of the game played a huge role for Oakland. Three sacks, 
The offense was humming. And then that big return special teams, Harris obviously being able to nail the field goals as well. Uh, and then, you know, like I said, Harris setting up that to be able to make it 24 to nine. Uh, really a well, I mean, Carr, you know, Gruden, Gruden, what, what did Gruden say in hard knocks? He wanted a little more focus. Uh, uh, Better little, execution. Little Better execution. Yeah. Exactly. And I tell you what, you could see that at all three phases of the game for the Raiders. And they were really dialed in. He had this team ready to rock and roll. And I I personally was super impressed, especially with the Denver team that everybody in the offseason is touting that, oh, this defense is back. Oh, this defense, it's, it's going to be good. I mean, obviously, we know Miller and Chubb. And that just in and of itself is is something that like that you always have to work and you're always worried about when you go against the Broncos. And to see Miller and Chubb not... <laughs> what are you laughing about over I've there, got man? It. Just, <laughs> Sorry, to see I need, Miller and... I need... To see... I need a drink of the unofficial sponsor of Behind the Eye Patch, Coca-Cola Zero Orange Vanilla. Oh, excellent. I have the regular uh, Coca-Cola uh, Orange Vanilla... Raider Nation, really quickly, if you have not given this a try, it is the official drink of the Behind the Eye Patch podcast. Go do yourself and your taste buds a flavor. Go grab yourself a 12-pack of this. Nay, I say, get yourself two 12-packs of this. and Because um, you're going to want just, more. Yes, you're definitely going to want more. So um, enjoy it while it's here. I think it's here to stay, Tyler. I, I do. sure hope I think, so. I, I hope so, too, because if they discontinued it, much like they discontinued my Pepsi, my lemon and Pepsi flavor that was out here a few years back, um, that really steams me, and and I really I haven't been the same since. So Coca Cola, please do us all a favor, keep the drink around. But as I get back to my original point, now that it seems Tyler has collected himself, Miller and Chubb being able to stop those guys on the defensive end uh, was uh, zero sacks. Like we talked about, you didn't hear Von Miller's name. You said zero, a lot of zilch, that, nada. Remember, this, Denver had zero points going into halftime, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, well done, Raiders. Raider Nation, take a victory lap, but do it quickly because it's on to Kansas City next. We get them at home, and that is going to be no small feat. No. Tyler, what are your thoughts on last week's game? Man, I just ran through all of mine well, because my mouth, it, it pours out of my mouth because I'm just so, just. You're very it, gifted it, in the English language. I'll let you, I'll, I'll tell well, you that. I'm just psyched. Yeah. I'm just psyched that we won our home opener. And currently we sit at the top of the division and we are as good as teams like the Saints and the Patriots. Yeah. So, and we should dilly continue dilly. to be if we win uh, against on Sunday against the Chiefs then we will be atop the division. But, no, it was a great mm-hmm. game. I was really happy that, you know, we were able to kind of overcome some adversity. The team looked focused, very focused. And in their focus, Carr looked laser-like. The offensive line that everybody was like, oh, this is garbage. Uh, right. Miller is a horrible pick. Now, this is one game into the season. I get that. But you did not hear Nick Chubb's name. You did not hear Vaughn Miller's name unless it was, where are they? Did, did they know that the Broncos are playing tonight? Did Did Denver right. travel here? Right. And uh, <laughs> the thing that 
impressed me about the defense uh, was their ability to create a somewhat of a pass rush. In the second half, I was worried because it looked like Hall, Hankins, and Hurst were just gassed. There was not much of a push right. in the line. Um, and then, you know, I think Ferrell, he moved into like the three technique, and then they had Arden Key outside and as the as the pass rusher who looked very good i we have been yes, very we have been yes. critical at times of arden key we both have thought absolutely um you know the young man just needs the game to slow down for him mentally i think we're seeing that i i was very impressed with arden key brought pressure you know a, a couple times uh max crosby uh, and micah i think we'd be remiss one of my favorite players that that I haven't brought up is uh, Vontez Perfect. What a yes. breath of fresh air and anger in the middle of that defense. Somebody that yes. gets the defense yes. in place, lays some lumber on Cortland Sutton going across the middle. Sutton wasn't even in the play, and Perfect just leveled him. And and we talked, you know, in our chat group. Those types of hits will make people think twice about flying across the Absolutely. middle. They will keep an eye out and their ears open and uh, perked, if you will, for those footsteps coming. So, you know, uh, perfect getting the defense where they need to be in position to make a play instead of barking out orders. In the, the past couple of years, no offense to any of those players, but you know, Bowman and just Kurt, uh, Riley, um, like not Curtis Riley, he's our safety, but Perry Riley, um, just, just not getting the defense in position to make plays sometimes. Right. And I loved right. just the tenacity that that perfect plays with. He did not have any penalties, did not knock anybody's heads off, but he brought a physical presence that I just loved it. It reminded me of just watching highlights of old Raiders games, just yes. slobber knocking, you know, Abram out there uh, and and bless him too you know prayers up for you Mr. Jonathan Abram had ah, shoulder yeah. rotator cuff I, I, I've heard labrum I've heard rotator cuff they're both two separate injuries it could be both um, but surgery for him likely ending his season and uh, so uh, we may get into that later on in the show who fills in that safety spot but uh, he was flying around drilling people, and Perfect was drilling people. Mad Max Crosby got in on the action. Furl got in on the action. Hankins got in on and and Josh Morrow. Like just just a great all round team effort. Go give it hundred and twenty percent, and and they delivered. Man, it was a great game to watch. Fun, enjoyable, much better than last year. Yep, absolutely. You know, our season kind of ended on that high note. With that, you know, Christmas Eve win against the Broncos. And I dare say starts on a high note with another win against the Broncos. Good for us. And I'm interested to see how this carries over into the season. You know, I'm. it's a small sample size. It's one game. But boy, howdy, I sure liked what I saw out of the offense. And the defense, you know, while I wouldn't say it's a top 10 defense, definitely at least it looked faster and like you said, looked like there's a little more leadership in there with with uh, perfect being in the middle, being able to make sure guys are in position to make plays, and uh, definitely better, definitely looked better than last year. 
Now, we're going to see exactly how far we've come uh, when we play the Chiefs this upcoming Sunday. So that's that'll be the true test. Uh, and so, but before we get too much into that, man, Raider Nation, we have got a fantastic interview for you guys this week. Um, Tyler, man, should we just, just dive right in? You ready? Should we just do this thing? I'm already dived into the pool. All right, let's do it. Raider Nation, welcome back. We are here and privileged to have with us Mr. B.D. Williams, a family man, educator, football and track coach, and also a contributor at Silver and Black Pride. So, Mr. Williams, we had you on, when was that? It's been, it's been a few episodes, but uh, we spoke some, yeah, yeah, we spoke some Raiders football then. You were such a good uh, person to have on the show that we were like, hey, let's have him back on and uh here you are so how are you yeah i appreciate it guys you know always always down to talk raider football especially after a win on monday night you know i'm excited thanks for having me back absolutely absolutely Absolutely. it was a it was a great win uh just in case raider nation didn't know if you don't know by now then you probably aren't that big of a fan but the raiders (laughs) won in the uh opening monday night game last monday night game at the Oakland Coliseum last Monday night game in Oakland in general. And uh, a nice win over the rival Denver Broncos, a 24-16. to 16, And uh, great game. So, I, I mean, I'm ready to talk all about it. You guys ready to just jump right into it? Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. So, BD, what's, what was something that uh, just caught your eye just just something that you're like oh wow I'm pretty impressed by that well you know what I think uh, a lot of people obviously so far we're talking about the uh the offensive line play the tackles specifically right. you know I think this uh, all of this this offense that we saw this is a, a great game plan from John Gruden and, and his coaching staff to really keep th- this uh great this talented Denver Broncos front from getting after Derek Carr and what I mean by that is we saw a really heavy dose of the run game. I mean, it was like 50-50 split run pass, which is like that's truly throwback football. You know, you don't usually see that in the NFL nowadays. And right. what that did, what that helped accomplish was really it stopped Von Miller and Bradley Chubb from pinning their ears back when they're having to constantly worry about the run. And, you know, so Josh Jacobs obviously did a great job. Offense line did a great job against a great front. I think, you know, in a couple weeks, we'll, people are going to be saying, hey, this Denver Broncos defense isn't as bad as they thought it was. Uh, right. I just think that the Raiders did a great job against a really good defense. I agree. I agree. And and I as I was thinking of things to talk about on the show this evening, I was like, you know, the thing that stuck out to me, you mentioned it first off, was that offensive line. The offensive line was incredible. No sacks. I'm not sure hurries and things like that. Uh, I know Carr took off and ran like once and, uh, you know, but he did well in the pocket and Miller looked great. Trent Brown looked great. And, uh, you know, kept two of the, you know, Micah has said it before, probably at least in the top five, if not the top two best defensive end duos in the NFL to zero sacks at like Von Miller 
didn't really even ever hear his name under unless it was where is Von Miller and Chubb <laughs> Chubb got his uh, clock cleaned by uh, Denzel Good on on one of those plays like just flattened him. Miller took him over into a different gap and then uh, Good finished off the the uh, product. So yeah, great off great point there. Great offensive line play, Micah. I guess I'll ask you same thing. What what stood out to you in that win um, on Monday? You know, I think the biggest thing other than the offensive line that stood out to me was in the first half, the pass rush that we got. It that it was impressive. The push up front was just incredible. Obviously, I uh, the three sacks that night when we had 13 all of last year. Uh, glad to see my man Farrell getting in there, getting his first sack on the season. For those of you keeping score at home, uh, Josh Allen, zero sacks, Farrell, one on the season so far. Um, because that is going to be the comparison that we're going to hold up, you know, all season long. We talked about this weeks back with Oakland not taking Josh Allen. You know, are we going to look stupid if Josh Allen goes out and, you know, throws out 10, 12 sacks his rookie season? So Farrell's up on him so far. But, you know, then we, we talked about this a little bit, Tyler. As you could kind of tell that um, I think it's just the way they play the preseason right now. It's not um, – you know, you could tell they started to get a little bit gassed in the second half. That front four started to. And then that's when you saw Denver start making some drives, start putting some points up. Um, other than that, like once they get into you know regular season form, and who's the young young man they've got in the middle uh, that they just brought over that's going to get into the rotation here soon? Um, Legit. Yes, Legit. You know, you get him in there with, with Hurst, Hall, Hankins. I mean, I, I think – those guys rotating in and out along with Key and Farrell. And, and we saw Mayowa get in there. We saw um, uh, Morrow. Yes. Yeah. Morrow. So, I mean, it was just, to me, that was so exciting to see, to finally actually see our guys getting a pressure, getting a push. Now we'll see because Denver's that's, we talked about this on the podcast before the game. It was rumored that Denver's offensive line is not that great. Fortunately for the Raiders, though, I was watching some of the Chiefs and Jacksonville game. Chiefs offensive line doesn't look that great either. Jacksonville was consistently getting pressure on Mahomes, it seemed like. So, um, you know, if they can duplicate that again this week, I think there are going to be some good things coming. So for me, I got to say it's probably finally seeing some pressure uh, get put on the quarterback. Uh, minus the time that Flacco stood back there. For like eight seconds and then finally Farrell got his sack now I gotta say that's hats off to the secondary for that um but that was I, I was like biting my fingernails because he's just like sitting back there planting a picnic you know had his day planner out and uh finally we got to him but uh that, that for me the pass rush three sacks hats off to the defense absolutely that's like a third of like you said that's like a third of what we had all last year a quarter, I'm sorry, right. of what we For had sure. all last year. So well done to the defense. Got a couple coverage sacks there. Mayowa, you know, he has two sacks, guys. And if I'm uh, counting correctly, Khalil Mack has zero sacks so far this year. Indeed. So got to get it. Got to dig it. Get a dig in there. Just yeah, for fun. And, and you know, I, I hold true to that because the media, mainly the national media, uh, they are all about the stat line. That, that is all they care about are the stat lines. So if we're going to just use sacks, then then definitely. I mean, you've got Farrell with a sack. You've got Mayo with two. Mac with zero. 
you know, where's everybody, you know, where's the praise? Why isn't anybody digging on Matt for not getting any sacks in his first game of the year, for getting all that money? Uh, so and when, when stats are what we hold everybody to, um, then Mac right now is underperforming according to the national media standards. I just, I want to put that out there. So now hey, I'm man. done. All right. Anything else BD from the game that you, that, uh, caught your eye? Well, uh, I would say in the past, you know, you would see these penalties that you saw some offensive penalties some false starts and things like that. Under Dennis Allen, Jack Del Rio, when Carr was, uh, you know, oh. his quarterback in the past. Dark times. Yes, yes. <laughs> those, those penalties would have been would have been drive killers. You know, you would see a punt happen shortly thereafter. Absolutely, uh, yep. This, this Raiders team, you know, they got backed up. And they went, were going the wrong way. They're on their own two-yard line, and they drive 98 yards down, down the field for a score. That's, uh, that's a huge departure from what we've seen in the past. So right. that – Absolutely. Think, the most uh, encouraging signs from this game. Yeah. How about how about the people that caught uh, the football? As uh, Raider Nation probably knows, a certain person who I guess we can or won't name. No, we're uh, done with him. We're okay. done. So we're not we're not naming him. He was not there. But I was very impressed with the people who did catch the ball, namely leading the team with seven receptions, a little known. Tight end, we picked up off of the Ravens practice <clears throat> squad last year, Mr. Darren Waller. Very impressed by him. What did what did what did you guys think? Yeah, I mean, Darren Waller came into the NFL. He was a he was a wide receiver from Georgia Tech. You know, came out a little after Demarius Thomas, I believe. Calvin Johnson, same kind of lineage. These big, huge freak athletes. Right, right. Um, you know, so he came in the NFL. He's a size speed freak. I mean, Al Davis probably would have picked him. He's you know six six. Probably in the first round, too. You're right, right. He can run four fours. I mean, he's as talented as they come as far as, you know, an NFL player. Uh, I mean, if he had a jump shot, he'd be playing in the NBA right now. That's the kind of athlete we're talking about. Right. But, um, you know, I guess we, we found out a little bit more about his past on hard knocks and, you know, his the uh, substance abuse problems that he was going through. But you see, like, he's locked in. You know, um, I, something that I remember from Hard Knocks was in the Cardinals game, John Gruden's like, uh, throw it throw it to Waller, throw it to Waller, but Waller had already been taken out. And so they throw the fade to Derek Carrier. Derek Carrier catches a, uh, a preseason touchdown. Right. And that was the play that was supposed to go to Darren Waller. And we saw that same exact play on the first drive when they throw the, you know, they've split Darren Waller out wide on the left side and they throw a fade, fade ball up to him. And he's able to come down with the catch. You know, I think that's just kind of the element that he brings to the team. He's he's a he's a matchup nightmare. You yep. know, um, he is a guy who has wide receiver in his past. You know, so he is a guy who could flex out wide. You know, no question about it. Uh, and they move him around, and he's you know he's a he's a walking mismatch. So th that's something that I think uh, he's going to be a, a great weapon for the Raiders going forward. Yeah, absolutely. The, the thing for me with that was we talked about this Tyler a couple weeks ago. I wanted to know. Uh, was the hype real with Waller? You know, because there's always that one player, it seems like, in camp that everybody's like, oh my gosh, this guy is an animal, you know? And then we get to the regular season and it kind of just fades away. Or, you know, he goes up against the first string and it's like, oh, well, eh, maybe he's not that good. So, but I tell you what, Waller looked every bit the part of a high caliber tight end and Raider Nation, this could be a real juggernaut, something that we haven't really looked for. You know, we knew Williams should be solid. 
Uh, we all thought Jacob should be good. I'm sure we'll get to him in a minute. But uh, being able to perhaps uh, not miss a beat with Cook gone, I know it's only one game, but, we'll, I mean, Waller's going to have every opportunity to eat this week versus that Chiefs defense. So um, I just think that that might be something that we didn't anticipate on this Raider offense that might end up becoming something that it's like, well, you know, you might be able to notch an extra couple wins in their belt this year just because of that extra weapon and Carr being able to have that extra guy in there. I mean, like you said, seven targets, 70 yards, I believe. Yep. I mean, so. is that not Cook all over? You know, I yep. mean, Cook was Carr's safety blanket last year, um, and he carved teams up. He saved our bacon in the few times that we needed bacon saving uh, when there right. wasn't any bacon to save. Uh, so, uh, I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm psyched, and it does seem like he is the real deal. Absolutely. Yeah. I think, um, you know, the biggest recipient of the targets that need to be now, you know, spread around this offense after the departure of he who will not be named on this podcast. <laughs> yes. Um, is Darren Waller. You know, they were going to give Tyra Will- Williams, you know, his, his targets. Uh, they paid him $44 million in the offseason. I mean, you know, he was going to be targeted in this offense. I think Darren Waller is, you know, getting, again, Gruden keeps on saying the opportunity of a lifetime, and now even more so. He's, right. he's definitely going to be the second target, uh, second most targeted player on, on this team. Yeah. yeah, and none of the uh, – I think Renfro had a couple catches. He had a drive-saving catch. That, yeah. I think, set up uh, – well, that was Jacob's first touchdown run, was it not? Like from like the two-yard line? Yeah. That, yeah. that was a heck of a catch. Carr scrambled, didn't really have his feet set, and then, you know, Renfro did – does what he does, man. I mean, he he just he catches the ball. I don't know if he's got the Bolitnikov stick him on him or what's going on, but he, the dude catches the ball, which makes me so happy to just have somebody with sure hands keeps that drive going. Uh, Grant had a couple catches there. Um, the thing that that had me confused, and you guys correct me if I'm wrong, but in the second half, it did not seem like Waller was in, in the play. In, in the plans very much. And I was a little confused by that, um, especially after that Harris uh, return for a kickoff. I think we're up. Uh, what was it? Uh, it was 21 20, six, wasn't it? At that 20, point or 21 nine, maybe. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. 21 nine. And I'm like, go for the jugular. And they just ran the ball, you know, like three or four straight times. And, and that was it and kicked the field goal. Um, I'd like to see a little bit more aggressive, play like rip their soul out of their bodies type of stuff which i thought we might see but waller seemed to go away in the second half it, it, did you guys see the same thing or am i making up lies yeah i mean i think the game plan really it's yeah they want to keep Derek Carr clean they're going to run the ball they have you know a young rookie back um that you know i think that's really what it come, came down to is john gruden again he's an old school coach he wants to run the football when you have as many carries as you ha- had in that game, there's only so many places the ball can end up going. You know, Derek Carr only had 26 pass attempts. Yep. So, yeah, for the fans, obviously you want to see them keep on, you know, g- going for the score and throwing it deep and everything. But uh, I think just playing it safe and playing with a lead and killing the clock was the biggest, um, right. you know, uh, w- what they wanted to do in that in that moment. So I think that's why you saw in the second half them really just pound the rock right hindsight's always 50 50 in those situations i'm with tyler i like to go for the kill shot 
But, you know, what are we talking about if Carr tries to go for a kill shot, you know, ball gets batted, interception, you know, maybe a completely different outcome. Then we're sitting here lamenting, why in the world were we throwing the ball when we were up 21 to 9? We could have just kicked a field goal and gone up 15. You know, so um, I think I think more than anything, you know, at that point in the game, you're looking at, okay, this is a big win, not only for the locker room and us coaches after the past week, but for this organization, you know, Opening night, Monday night, you know, the Coliseum's rocking. You you got your final season here. You need to find a way to, you know, what's what's going to give you the most probable chance of coming out of here with a W and and keeping these this fan base engaged and getting them, you know, getting them excited and hyped for the season and being able to put all this mess behind you that's been going on. So um yeah, I like, like I said, I, I like the idea of airing it out. I mean, it seemed like the Raiders on offense just about had their way with, with the Broncos, which really surprised me uh, because all, all off season, I just kept hearing that this, I mean, we heard it before again last week, this, this, this Denver, this Denver defense is, uh, is back. It's back, man. Last year was just a fluke and it's, uh, it's back and ready to go, ready to be a top five, top three. And, and uh, that certainly didn't seem the case at least yesterday or on Monday night. Uh, but we'll see as the year goes on. Maybe maybe that week 17 matchup will be uh, a different story by then. But um, yeah, so I uh, yeah, Waller, though, man, uh, got me excited about that. I, I think you think he's going to be in a lot of game plan from here on out. That's for sure. And hats off to that young man. I tell you what, I, we, you know, we saw his story and everything. And to be able to see what he's come back from, because, I mean, that's a lot of mental game, man. That's a lot of pulling yourself up by your bootstraps mentally and going, how bad do I want this? You know, I I could, I could just let it all blow away and just be done. Or I could take the talents and the gifts that I have and apply them. And he really pulled himself out of a place that it would have been really easy just to sit in and be content with. And, uh, and to see where he is now, man, I hope he keeps it up and and mad props to him. Great story. Absolutely. Yeah. And so after week one, you know, we're we're sitting pretty in the division. We're in first place in the AFC West tied with the Chiefs who we play uh, this coming Sunday in the on the late game on CBS, which I get to watch. Super happy about that. I don't (laughs) always get to watch Raiders games. It's usually Broncos and Cowboy games. So I'm pretty stoked to see that. Um, Anything, BD, that you that you're looking at? Come this Sunday, whether it be a, the Chiefs, a matchup that you that you like for the Raiders to exploit, or something that you're worried about that the Chiefs may exploit, uh, anything th- that uh, catches your eye there. Yeah, so the you know the Chiefs' offense is incredible. Mm-hmm. And is you know he- heck of a play caller. Uh, does things a lot differently than majority of NFL teams as far as the motions and the shifts. A lot of uh, borrowed plays from college and even high school that you'll see Andy Reid use. And uh, he's incredibly tough to, you know, scheme for. So what, something that was concerning for me is how many chunk plays the defense gave up to Joe Flacco. Um, you know, across the middle and guys getting targeted deep. Uh, there's too many of those uh, against the Broncos. And if the Broncos can can do it, you know, you bet your bottom dollar the Kansas City Chiefs are going to be able to do right. it. Raiders defense. So I, I, that is uh, that is concerning. The loss of Jonathan Abram, I think, would have been something that might have helped against a guy like Jason Kelsey or Travis Kelsey, rather. 
So it, it's very concerning how they're going to cover the tight end. Uh, I, I see this game being very high scoring, you know, and it's, uh, you know, it's going to come down to if the defense is able to come, come away with turnovers, which they weren't in this past game. So that, that's what I'll be keeping my eye on, what, what they're doing to Travis Kelsey and if they're able to get any turnovers on defense. Yeah, yeah. That I mean, you like we said before, you're not going to keep the Chiefs to 13 or even 20 points. I mean, that's yeah, that's just not going to happen. And that's with our defense. I like the progress that it seems like our defense has made. I like the pieces that we've added. But I'm we talked about this before that you know we were what 30th in the league last year in total defense. I don't think we're that bad this year. We may be more like a 15, 18, something like that around there. I wouldn't surprise me. So I think progress has been made, but not enough progress to bottle up someone like Mahomes. So I think you saw it last year. What was the final score of that game? Was it like, what, 31-40, 33-40, something like that? Um, yep. uh, so and I think... I think, I think it was 33-30. I want to say we oh, only was it lost by... I think so. It's close. I think we it's close. Uh, yeah. It was close, and I, you know what? If if you take these two teams, and now you take Hill out of the conversation, you got to take Abrams out for us as well. But the fact that Conley looks like he's going to be back, I think that's huge for Oakland this week. Um, with the man-to-man coverage, they we seem to like to be kind of favoring. It seemed like with especially in the first half. Um, I I think if you can get a guy like Conley on Sammy Watkins, who I think. Just, I, I don't know what the Jags were doing. I went back and watched some of that game, but uh, um, I don't know if they figured he wasn't a threat or they just figured shut down Hill at all costs and let Watkins do what he wants to do. But I think if you could focus your, I mean, the Raiders are going to be able to focus their efforts on Watkins and on Kelsey. And I think I, I like our front enough to stop their running back, Williams. I don't think Williams is anything like, incredibly he's no hunt we'll put it that way um so i think this year with all those elements gone now and like i said with hill out and everything and a chiefs defense that i don't see as much improved over last year i think oakland's gonna have another shot again this year and i think like you 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 mentioned williams uh can oakland get a turnover you know we had that one fumble on flacco that they ended up recovering getting back you know can oakland take advantage if an opportunity arises you know, for a chance for a pick, chance for a fumble. Can Oakland capitalize on it and not just go, oh, well, you know, that was going to be a sack instead of, and a fumble. Instead, it's just, a, you know, loss of four. And then, oh, well, you know, two plays later, they go down and get a touchdown or they still score a field goal. I think it's going to come down to that again. I think, like you said, high scoring game, Oakland's going to have to, any opportunity that presents itself, especially on defense, going to have to take advantage of. And if they can get that push up front like they did in the first half against the Broncos, you know, the Jags had their way on, like I said, on that front line with the Chiefs for a lot, for for a, a big chunk of that game. So if you can get that pressure up the middle and get in Mahomes' face, uh, I like Farrell. I like Key to be able to chase Mahomes down. That's the one thing that we saw with Farrell. He's fast, man. He, I mean, you don't, you know, we need that against guys like Mahomes. We need defensive ends that if Mahomes is going to roll out, that can chase him down and not let him get the edge and have the option to run. So I think that's big. And if they can get that push up front, we might be seeing another 33-30 game, you know, three, four-point game. Maybe this time in the Raiders' favor. I don't know. But we'll see. It could be. It could be. I think one thing that worries me is 
the way and and BD, you touched on this, the way that Andy Reid schemes his offense, they run. I, I watched their game against the Jaguars and a lot of Sammy Watkins uh, was poor tackling. Uh, they had Watkins dead to right in the middle of the field and he just they, they couldn't tackle him. They they didn't tackle him. Another one, he was wide open about 30 yards down the field and Mahomes flicked it across across the field and he ran in. Um, and those were a couple of his touchdowns. The other ones, uh, there was another one that was on the goal line. He ran uh, a little, f- I don't know what pattern it is. I'm not even going to pretend. But anyway, into the flat uh, for a touchdown. I don't think Sammy Watkins all of a sudden is like this reincarnation of Randy Moss or anything like that. I I don't, I don't think he's just all of a sudden come out of his shell. I think we know what Sammy Watkins is. He didn't live up to the hype coming out of Clemson. Uh, He's still decent, but a lot of the plays against the Jags, it was poor tackling. The thing that worries me the most are the screens that they set up. Andy Reid runs a lot of screen passes. We saw in the Denver game, uh, Farrell and uh, Hankins combined to stop one of the screens that was thrown. And then we didn't really see very many other screens from from the Broncos. But that screen game has given the Raiders fits in the past. And we will get a a chance to see if that is shored up this year uh, very quickly. Second game into the season, if, yeah. if we can if we can cover those uh types of plays and and if we can diagnose them get out to them and not let them get you know 12 13 14 30 yards off of those little dump screen passes that's something that that i'm looking at to see can we stop that um and can you know like micah said getting a push up the middle if you talk to any quarterback or you listen to any quarterback interviews what's the thing that bothers them the most number one is pressure right up their face so if you're going to stop Mahomes, you got to get pressure in his face. Then you've got to worry about him taking off and containing him as well. So, you know, it, it's a good test early on in the year for the defense. I'm looking forward to it. Is there anything on offense that you guys are looking at that perhaps we can take advantage of? Yeah, the uh, <clears throat> you know, it's it's tough to tell. They have a new defensive coordinator, Steve Spagnuolo. He's known to be a really good defensive coordinator. They have one of the best defensive ends in football now, Frank Clark from the Seattle Seahawks, who, in my opinion, is he is a big upgrade from D Ford. And D Ford is a really good player. Uh, you know, so they have, you know, on paper, improved on defense. You know, it, it will take time to gel a little bit. <clears throat> we saw with Denver Broncos, they have a new coaching staff as well. Obviously, they're a talented group, but they couldn't stop the Raiders. So I think that it should be, you know, you should see the Raiders score points against this deep against this uh, Kansas City defense. You know, it, as long as John Gruden and Derek are on the same page and they're running that same game plan. Here's here's what I'm uh, envisioning, though. I think John or you know Joshua Jacobs, he's going to get a lot of carries again. Yes, yes. And they, you know. I went back and I actually looked at this is kind of tangential to this, but I looked at all of Gruden's offenses when he was a head coach and he only ever had a rookie first round running back one time in his career. And that was Cadillac. Cadillac. 
and mm-hmm. he gave Cadillac Williams 300, over 300 touches that year, <laughs> by far the, more than any, uh, any other running back had gotten in all of Gruden's offenses. So now he has another first-round running back, Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs is going to get the ball a lot. I, I don't think that the run defense uh, you know, for the Kansas City Chiefs is nearly as good as it is for the Denver Broncos. So I think that this could be a really game-breaking um, performance from him. That's what I'm, you know, predicting. So I, I think Joshua Jacobs will really be the key to the victory there if if yeah. he's able to get going. Yeah, yeah, I 100% agree that the Jacobs, uh, Fournette was averaging 5.1 yards a carry against uh, the Chiefs. So I think, uh, and, and I mean, you look at Jacksonville, they had, what was it, a sixth-round quarterback come in, and they still put up 26 points. I mean, he was still moving the ball down the field. So I quarterback and he, uh, I think he, well, he only he only had two incompletions or one incompletion. Right, right. Guess, you know, you know. I think, yeah. You, I don't. You, I'm not I'm not so sure the defense has kind of figured it out yet for the Kansas City Chiefs. Right, right, and that's something that Oakland should definitely be able to take advantage of on Sunday because I mean I'm looking at our offense again on paper, and I think we saw it Monday night is better than last year. I like the upgrade at running back. Um, I like our receivers better. I like our offensive line. And the, the scary thing about our offensive line is this isn't even supposed to be very good. So right. if that's not very good on Monday night, then I am psyched for what is supposed to be good. Um, because with Incognito and Gabe coming back, I, this this could be an incredible rotation on the offensive line. And and Jacob should be able to eat all all season long. Uh, and especially against this Chiefs defense, I think I think if Oakland – can control the game on the ground like we saw, you know, driving. Hopefully we don't have to drive 95 yards like we did the last time. But, you know, I mean, they had time-consuming drive, seven minutes, eight minutes, that sort of things. Limit the times Mahomes is on the field torching your defense because it's going to happen. Kelsey's going to get open. Watkins will probably get open. Mahomes is going to scramble. We're gonna They're going to give up plays. It's going to happen on Sunday. But if you can limit – the opportunities that they have to give up plays on defense. And maybe maybe I'll be eating crow. Maybe we're just going to go out. Chiefs are going to put up 13 points, and we're going to be going, my gosh, we have like a top five defense. But we're I, in my, from what I've seen, we're going to give up plays, and Josh Jacobs is going to be a big key to that. And I think this is going to fit in perfectly this Sunday because if, if the Chiefs start to key in on that and they want to start bringing you know, seven men in the box and keeping them there – then I like the odds of Renfro, Williams, um, uh, Waller, one-on-one. I love that. I love that. And I think Carr can eat that up all day long. Um, so I think, you know, Josh Jacobs, I think he goes over 100 yards on the ground. I think Oakland has a really good chance to win this football game on Sunday. Yep. I agree 100%. You got you to gotta keep the ball out of Mahomes' hand as, as much as you can. And how do you do that? Well, you, you have those time gobbling drives you your seven minute drive eight minute drive um and i think keeping making sure that like the raiders did in the first game converting in the red zone not just field goals but touchdowns right that's that's you know that was something that that we didn't do last year so well is we didn't convert in the red zone to touchdowns it was uh, field goals from Daniel Carlson. We we converted some of those opportunities into touchdowns this week uh, against the Broncos. I think we're going to have to do that again this week for sure to ensure that we stay up to snuff with uh, with that 
uh, oh, Chiefs, Chiefs offense. There we go. Sorry, guys. Had a, yeah. a brain fart there for a minute, but <laughs> give me, give me something from you guys. Um, you know, obviously we're all Raider fans here, but we're realists as well. Um, we talk about that a lot. We pride ourselves. I'm not sitting here going Raiders are going 16 and 0 this year, Super Bowl bound. I mean, it'd be awesome if it happened, but I'm also understand what's realistic. So, Tyler, I'm going to start with you. Give me what, what you got a prediction for the game. Give me a score. You know, I'd love to see like a 33 30 win for the Raiders, uh, something close. I, I just don't know. I, I, we're only, you know, we're one game in. Right. Everybody hypes up somebody and, the, uh, you know, something works one week and then it doesn't work. We haven't really seen the starters that much. I really like our offense. I thought they did a great job keeping car clean. If they do that again, keep uh, Frank Clark out of the backfield. If they can keep the if they can sustain those drives, we may, you know, the Raiders may stand a chance of winning like a 31-24 game or something like that. If we can get a couple stops. Realistically, I kind of see the Chiefs winning, but I see it fairly being a fairly close game, you know, like a 31-24 or something around those lines. That's kind of what I'm thinking at this point in time. I hope they prove me wrong. That's just kind of how I'm leaning at at this point in time, like a 31-24 win for the Chiefs, but we keep it close. You know, that's that's what I'm hoping for, at least. I like it. I like it. Williams, man, how about you? Yeah, you know, I'm 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 hopeful. I really want the Raiders right. to win. You know, guys, but uh, Jaguars have a good defense. They have a lot of talent on defense. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't think that anyone would bat an eyelash if someone said the Jaguars have a better defense or a more talented defense than the Raiders and right. he's put up 40 on them, you know. So, <clears throat> excuse me, the, the the one, you know, the one benefit that the Raiders have is that the Chiefs are in their division and they have been planning throughout this offseason to match up with them and right. Tyreek Hill going out, I think could help this team a little bit. Uh, uh, you know, being realistic, though, I think that it is it is going to be a shootout. I think it's going to be 38-35, and the Chiefs uh, squeak one out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, I'd love to be able to break the streak here, but, uh, you know, we haven't seen – that's a good point, Tyler, too, is we haven't seen enough. I mean, we've seen one week. You know, everybody's already bad-mouthing, you know, the Browns, bad-mouthing the Falcons, you know. It always seemed like there were a few teams that start out rough, but then all of a sudden, like kind of like the Cowboys last year, then all of a sudden they win five, six games in a row, and you're like, oh, well, I guess that they're a pretty darn good team. So it's hard to tell. Is Oakland, you know, are they good? Are we actually going to be, you know, we might go eight and eight, nine and seven, might push for a wild card spot, or, you know, we're going to end six, seven wins like a lot of people figure. Um, so just from that, not having enough on tape to see, I, I would have to go from what I've seen watching the chiefs Jags game to your point, Williams. Yeah. I think that Jacksonville's defense, especially their secondary, man, they got a fantastic secondary and, and chiefs still dropped 40 on them. So I, I think, I don't think chiefs get to 40. I think it's a 35, 27 type game. I think Oakland's just barely out of it. I think, we're looking, we're praying for one more stop. You know, maybe we're sitting at 28, 27. And then, you know, with three or four minutes to go, Chiefs go down, you know, and drop another touchdown and make it look a little worse than uh, than it actually was. So, but like you said, it's going to be a real test because if, if the Raiders, let me ask you guys this. If Oakland wins, let's say Oakland goes in 
it's not a dominant performance, but let's say Oakland wins 31 to 26. Do do the Raiders get credit for the win or will the Chiefs or, or will they credit the Chiefs for just having an off week? How, how do you think it's going to be viewed? Will will we will the Raiders get credit as being a good team or do you think people will just be like, well, not that was just a fluke? Yeah, they're probably going to say it's a fluke. But, uh, you know, they're going into the Raiders. They're going into the black hole. The, the crowd getting into it is a huge factor. You know, it, right. it, if, if the Raiders do win this one, which they need to because they're going on this stretch of road games and traveling out of the country that's just like so To the brutal. moon and back. Uh, yeah. Against a lot of good teams, you know. So the Raiders really do need to win this going into this uh, into the schedule that they have here. Um, but yeah, I, I, if the national media will probably say it's a fluke, but you can't ever discredit anyone that, that beats the Chiefs. You know that that's uh, that would be a hell of a performance. Right. Yep. I agree. I agree. Um, so okay, give me one prediction, Williams. Man, we appreciate you being on as always. But I'm gonna let you out of here without the random question of the week. But also, give me a prediction. Give me a bold prediction, Tyler. You as well. But we'll start with Williams. Give me one bold prediction, uh, and you'll get full credit for it on social media if it comes true on the game on Sunday. And if not, we won't hold it against you and call no, you. No, we just sweep either. it under the rug here. Yep. <laughs> Goes away. So last Wide week, out. last week uh, Tyler had the final score on point. He was off by one point, if I'm not mistaken, Tyler. You said 24-17, if I'm not mistaken. Ended at 24-16. I said Josh Jacobs would rush for over 100 yards and two scores. Uh, he did have over 100 combined yards but uh, and two scores. So uh, I'm basically an insider at this point. Tyler, you as well. Um, Just on the score because my, uh, my uh, prediction didn't even make the team. So, alas, we'll sweep that one under the rug. Yes. I'll take the score prediction. Thank you very much. And – yeah, the, the, the other prediction, I don't even think that's worthy of sweeping on the run. We'll just take that one straight to the garbage bin. So, All right, I can handle uh, that. Williams, Williams, give us a bold prediction for this Sunday's game. Okay, uh, well, first of all, you guys are you know, knocking it out of the park with these predictions. These are really close here. So uh, I'm a little intimidated here. But uh, I'll go ahead and I'll, I'll up to Andy. I'll, I'll have two predictions for offense, okay? I think Tyrell Williams has – Three touchdowns. Whoa! Oh, I'm writing yes. this down, Raider Nation. We're writing it down, so it's on paper. And I see Josh Jacobs going for over 150 yards rushing. Ooh, Not combined, just rushing. Rushing. Not combined. Wow. Hot dang. On the, I tell you what, if Oakland goes 150 yards on the ground rushing... There's no excuse to not win that game, I tell you what, because that that would just be insane. But you know what? If there's a guy that could do it with the offensive line and against that Chiefs defense, man, you feel like it would be him. Um, Tyler. All right. That, he set the bar. Man, dude. No, he set, set the bar, the bar I, high. I, I'm high, rethinking high my cool predictions because I thought I had some good ones, but now I'm kind of like, man. Yeah, mine are like wussy in comparison to that. I, uh, shoot. Well, I'm going to go on the defense. I like to do a defense and I like to do an offense. So I'm going to do a, a, a defensive prediction. I'm going to say that uh, Mohurst gets two belly rubs this game. 
I like Mo Hurst on the on the inside of that line. Uh, and I think the big man is hungry. He wants to eat himself uh, some some McHomies. So bit, two big belly rubs for for Mo Hurst on the defensive side of the ball. On the offensive side of the ball, uh, I'm gonna say Waller ha- gives some people some fits. I'm gonna say that Waller goes for over a hundred yards receiving on this game. I'm going to say oh, like eight catches over a hundred yards. Nice. Nice. I like and it. Throw a touchdown on top of that. Give the young hey. man a touchdown. Hey, Chase. I like it. I like it. You know what? I'm going to, is this bold? You guys tell me, I'm going to say the defense max, they match their sack total for last week for this week as well. They're going to go three sacks again on Mahomes. You know, Mahomes is known for getting out of the pocket, escaping pressure, but I think, I think this week the goal is going to be to just rattle his cage because the offense, obviously, well, obviously with most all offenses, but I mean it really does start and end with Mahomes. And and if you can't stop Mahomes, it seems like even if he had no name receivers out there, it would he'd still be rocking it. So um, I'm going to say the defense gets three sacks again this week. We're going to be up to six in two games, and and people in Raider Nation were going to be like, oh my gosh, what is up with this? And I'm going to go... Now, if 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 this contradicts my score prediction, is that okay since it's a since this is a completely different segment? Okay, okay, since we've established that, I'm going to go Carr tosses five touchdowns on Sunday. Holy smoke. Because, and, and there's the reason why, because the Chiefs oh saw God. Jacobs, and they're going to key in on that. The Chiefs are going to go, we're going to make Carr beat us. And Carr's going to go, no problem. He'll be up for the task. Car five touchdowns, defense gets three sacks Sunday. And you know what? With all if all these predictions come true and the Raiders still don't win, then we really <laughs> don't deserve to win that game. But all right, all right. And you guys are really good at these predictions. I feel like I'm merely scratching the surface. You guys are like going into expert analysis and bold, I'm just Tyler. like I, Well, I feel like Waller going over a hundred is fairly bold, but, yeah, but I mean five touchdowns. Here oh, is 70. Go 120. Let's see, there you go. Now you're cooking with fire. Yes. 120 yes. and two touchdowns. Take there that. We go. There we go. I'm writing it down. It's going on the tablet. It's an educated <laughs> stone here. I feel like Mo Hurst with two sacks is fairly bold, though. Two sacks for a single player is, is solid, especially for if you're not talking Vaughn Miller or Clark or Chubb or someone like that. Thank especially you. for a defensive tackle. Defensive tackle. All right, Raider Nation. See him get two belly rubs, though. Oh man, that's just like a great, a great achievement. <laughs> BD Williams, our guest this week, man. Thank you so much. We really appreciate you coming on the pod again. Hopefully, here and we'll, we'll have you back on soon, and we'll be talking about. Well, my goodness, we are right in the mix for a playoff spot and everybody will be surprised and we'll be we'll be reminiscing back to this going remember when all three of us picked against the Raiders and we just blew the Chiefs out of the water that's amazing and we all have egg on our face now now though I'm not gonna let you get out of here without the random question of the week Tyler I've got one if you don't I do not okay give me and Tyler this is for you as well the most aggravating aggravating item household item the most aggravating everyday used household item and now this might be a little bit difficult so i'm going to kick mine off mine starts in the bedroom it's my pillow 
My pillow is the most aggravating household item, and here's why. Because I cannot sleep on the side, because when you put your head in the pillow, it fluffs up over your mouth. So then you end up trying to, like, breathe out of the side of your mouth. And I can't sleep on my back, because then I get nightmares. I'm like, I'm like eight. So I can't sleep on my back. <laughs> That's out of the question. You obviously can't sleep face down in your pillow, because then you'll just, you know, you'll enter the final sleep. So sleeping on your side is really the only option. And all pillows, so either you're stuck with getting just a really weak pillow that's got like no support so that you can lay sideways and it doesn't cover your mouth or you get something plush, but then you're like, you like you might as well like stick a snorkel in your mouth. So then it can like go out the side of your face and you can breathe in the middle of the night. That is that the most exciting. That sounds Everything. like something you should invent, a, a right? pillow snorkel. Right? Uh, Mia, <laughs> millions. I'm going to look into that. But that is my most aggravating everyday household item. I've put a lot of thought into this. I can tell. Yes, well yes. done. Okay, anyway, BD, what do you got for us? <laughs> uh, I have not put as much thought into this, you know. Um, <laughs> Imagine I, that. I have, I, you know, taking the trash out and, you know. I'm looking at my trash can right now, having to, uh, you know, take take the whole thing out. And, you know, there's always like some kind of gunk on it. It's like a banana peel or whatever it is. You know, that that's a drag. And it's 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 my job. I, I'm always the one doing it. So I'd probably say that's that's a little aggravating for me. I also I drink a lot of coffee and I drink a French. Pre- I, I use a French press. OK, Ooh. so. This is, I mean, you know, I, I, I'm a bit of a coffee aficionado, if you will. But uh, cleaning the French press out is the least <laughs> of the worst part of the French press. You know, it's it's not as easy as just taking the coffee grinds out of the filter and, th- and throwing it out. So, Oh, really? Remind yeah. me not to buy a French press because yeah. that's what I would do. So so you actually, is there like like scrubbing and stuff involved then? Yeah, I mean, yeah, you have you have to do it in the moment. You have to get all those uh, grinds out, get dump them in the trash, rinse it out. It's it's a few steps, you know. Right, right. Yeah, see, that's just that's inconvenient. You have created a, a machine that <laughs> French presses coffee. Now you expect me to like, like hazmat this thing and be able to like take the next twenty minutes of my life and clean it, like. The, the whole convenience of I'm going to go to the store now because that 20 minutes that I took to clean, like I could have been making money. How much do I make an hour? Like I may as well go buy a French press coffee. See, I'm just getting aggravated just thinking of that now, now that you've mentioned that. That's dumb. See, I just have regular uh, uh, you know, percolating coffee, you know, the old fashioned like barbershop, you know, because now we've got all these Keurigs and everything. I, I haven't gone that crazy yet, but I just... I, until I got married, I literally just took the bag out with the coffee rinds in it, tossed it, and then just put a new bag in. Allegedly, you're supposed to clean that out. You're also supposed to clean the coffee pot out, not just rinse it. I thought you just rinse the coffee pot out. Apparently, according to my wife, allegedly, that is not the correct <laughs> way to do that. You're actually supposed to clean it out, like with soap and water and a cloth. And and then also the area that you pour your water into. So um, when she got a hold of my coffee maker when we were first married, uh, suffice it to say, she was disgusted. And uh, since then, I haven't touched it because I don't want to clean it. I I just I just don't drink coffee. Are you supposed anymore. to? Aren't you supposed to just like let the patina 
like grow on there adds to the robustness right. of well, the you know, flavor. It's like, it's like a grill. You don't clean your grill except for scraping it off. You know, you right. want that. You want those, uh, what do they call it? The marinade. You know, you want right. all those flavors soaking into your grill. Like and a then, nice see, Dutch oven. Right. That's, you know, that there, some man thought of that appliance and thought, you know what? I'm going to make something that you can use constantly and you don't. In fact, it's better. It gets better <laughs> if you don't clean it. The better it gets. Right. Yes. And you don't have Those to clean Dutch it. Now, that might. Very smart. Uh, thank you, Dutch people. Right. Well, now I, I'm thinking about that, though, but I've had a lot of stuff catch on fire in the bottom of my grill. So maybe I've taken it too far because I've looked out my back door. And next thing I know, I see flames leaping from the inside of my grill. So now it's got me thinking maybe I should actually put at least a little work into getting some of the bottom stuff cleaned out out of there. Maybe leave the grill grate. But uh, um, that yeah. might be the reason why I'm burning my meat all the time. I, I don't know. I don't know. I've, uh, now I'm getting aggravated at my grill. So before I get aggravated at my grill, Tyler, what do you got? So you guys may or may not know I had a back surgery a couple years ago, which has limited my my mobility in my low back. I don't okay. bend very well. Uh, so, you know, the little dryer sheets after, so, so you put them in, so it makes your clothes not staticky because that's right. aggravating, right. but then they always end up on the floor. And guess who is the only person in my house that picks them up? The dude that can't bend very well. It's super aggravating to me because I can't just bend over and grab them. I have to squat down do like, you know, work out for a second and then right, pick it right. up, find a garbage can and then throw it away. But like, if, right. right. But if I don't pick them up, then I'm like just OCD enough to where like five or six of them on the floor at the same time is just I'm like, I can't do this anymore. Not I, cannot, I cannot live in this sty. <laughs> what are we? We don't live in a barn. And so I, I end up, you know, it's like gets to a point where I'm like, all right, that's aggravating enough that I will pick all of them up at the same time. I kind of let them build on the floor. And this is not a knock to my wife because my wife does a great job with the laundry. Let's just put that out there right now. I'm not yeah, going to say you trouble. better be careful. Yeah, I, I am. I'm careful. But those those are aggravating to me because, yes, they do something important. But at the same time, I can't take them on the floor and, and I'm just. OCD enough to where I'm like, ah, I guess I'll squat and exercise those kids squats. pick them up, man. They're already low uh, to the floor anyway. So yeah, you just need, that has to be their job. Invest in one of those trash picker uppers where you don't have to bend over at all. There, there we go. go. Tyler, I'm sending you one, man. I'm oh, you found you one in the river. I did. I did send indeed. I'm going to send you a claw and a cane. Maybe, was, wait a second, a cane claw. We claw. might have just thought... <laughs> There oh, wow. The birth of something beautiful right yes. here on the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. You heard it here first. I am running off to copyright that really quickly. Or get, get PM, 1058 for Williams. So, yeah, okay. We, you may have done it, guys. We may have just made ourselves millionaires. You put a <laughs> knife in the other end of that and make it like a, a, a personal security thing, and you may really have something there, like the yeah. old time canes. Hey, there you go. That you can like unsheathe and like you had a saber. You know yes, what I'm saying? Absolutely. Hey, I like it. Way better than a dagger. I agree. <laughs> That's for another pod. BD Williams, man, our guest. Thank you so much, man. We really appreciate your time coming on here, giving us your thoughts and the insights, man. 
Have fun watching the game, and we got to do this again. But before you go, man, tell Raider Nation, man, where can we where can where can we catch you on social media? Hey guys, uh, thanks for having me on. You know, you can follow me at, on Twitter at bdwilliams18. Uh, my Twitter handle is dwillskills. I also write with a bunch of great staff writers at the Silver and Black Pride website. We have a whole bunch of articles covering the Raiders. You know, these guys do a great job keeping everyone updated on everything that's happening. Awesome. Uh, so you know, visit the Silver and Black Pride website, and you'll see myself and the other writers there. Perfect. Once Perfect. again, I really enjoy your film breakdowns. I know I said that last time, but I really enjoy those threads where you look at plays in depth. It teaches the surf people like myself some of the nuance, the finer nuances of the game. I appreciate it. Yeah, man. Awesome. Williams. Well, you know, appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks, William, man. Take it easy. We'll catch you on the next one. Have a good one, guys. Go Raiders. Peace. Go Raiders. Raider Nation, hope you guys enjoyed that. B.D. Williams, mad shout-outs to you. Guys, go give him a follow. Tyler, you mentioned it. Film breakdowns, always a good time. Not a lot of people do that, especially on the, the Twitter machine, but the few that do... I've seen a few that it's like, well, you're trying, um, but I, there are very few that are actually, you know, like that you can actually learn something from it and it's not just pointing out the obvious. And, uh, I would say he falls in that category of somebody that you can learn something yes, from. So absolutely. Give him a follow sure. Raider nation. Um, and again, BD, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Hopefully, like I said, Tyler, let's have him on again. And we'll be talking about boy, Egg on our face for picking against our beloved Raiders. I know. Uh, and it hurts and my soul, Raider Nation, but... It does. It does. We don't like to bring BS here. We like to bring yep. it objective when yep. what we feel. And, you know, if it was based off of my fandom, it'd be Super Bowl every year. But allegedly, right. Micah, that doesn't happen all the time. So... Allegedly. 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 And I understand it. You need to have... Uh, you know, the uh, championship mentality, but I, I, I'm not a player, I guess. I'm not playing the game. I understand the players need to have that mentality. Players, you as a player, you need to have Super Bowl or bust mentality. But as somebody who's sitting off to the side and evaluating and looking at this team as a whole and seeing the talent that we have on the team, you also have to be realistic, I believe, in doing that because then you just set yourself up for failure for a long, long right. time. And, and, and uh, like I said, we've I've said it before. We've talked about. It. We think this is a seven to nine win team. Um, uh, so I still hold true to that, even with all this stuff with Abrams gone, with with uh, the guy who we will not mention gone. I still think seven to nine wins is right up uh, our wheelhouse. I think it's definitely in the cards for the Raiders if if they continue to play like they played Monday night. Absolutely. So I'm confident. You know, another another player that kind of played a pivotal role that we never mentioned in that interview was our rookie fullback Nick Ingold some great right. blocks on Von Miller down at the goal line and uh, that sprung Josh Jacobs into the end zone and literally yeah yeah exactly <laughs> and what athleticism Jacobs has my goodness like just a, uh. an athletic finely tuned athletic machine yeah, yeah. I, I tell you what, that uh, we keep him healthy and keep feeding him, man. It, I think 
he's the type of player that takes you from maybe winning six or seven games to maybe nine, maybe 10. Yeah, and I think, I think he has we that can already say that he, I mean, Carr had a great game. Don't get me wrong, but I mean, we controlled the tempo of that game and kept the defense honest with those runs. He had 23 right. rushes. Uh, Carr had two rushes. Jalen Richard had one rush or two rushes, and, and uh, Washington had one or two. So, I mean, he, he wow. is the bell cow. Bell cow. Yeah. And what a reception. That 28-yard reception where he kept his balance, he got hit, oh, kept his balance, yeah. put his forearm on the ground, didn't fumble. I mean, just a, a gr- if, great, great sense one- of, of balance. Also, vision. Right, right. If he, if that one, he broke four or five tackles right there at the end of that run. And if that last defender wasn't there, we would have watched perhaps the top play of the week yes. happen right in front of our faces. Because, like you said, he catches that ball out of the backfield, something that no defense wants to see. Uh, Jacobs in the open field with no, the head of steam. No, they do not. And then he just, he just started pinballing off of guys, and he was not going down. And uh, that last guy, as he, as he was, after he had broken, I think, like four tackles and was starting to stagger his way back up into a, you know, into a full running position, last guy kind of crashed into him and was able to topple him over. But that, I've got a feeling we might not see any, uh, you know, beast quake type runs like that, but we might see something fairly similar but you know what? with this That's guy. That's okay with me because how... For how many years have we just had, you know, bless their hearts, I, I, I like them all, Latavius Murray, Marshawn, all those guys. How many times did we just see them slam into a pile of bodies, lower right. their head, just slam into the pile, pick up two inches? Like, Jacobs right. was looking for lanes to run through. He And I yep. loved what Carr told him. Carr said on the sideline, I don't know if you've seen this clip or not, but he said, don't worry about the yards. The yards will come. You finish the runs. Like, you make them know that you're there to play ball. And don't worry about the yards. The yardage will be there because you might run, you know, 20 times for 40 yards, and then all of a sudden you break off that 60-yarder because they're sick of tackling you. I I just, I love his vision, Micah. I was, you know this, I was a skeptic at first. I, I thought, you right. know, why is he not starting at Alabama? If he's the better running back, why is he not starting? Well, it was either gross mis, under, mis, uh, utilization of Josh Jacobs an underutilization of Josh Jacobs or I'm just grateful that they didn't use him that much and now he's got fresh right. legs so right. great I mean we great really pick I, I, one game in I'm like I'm sold I'm, I'm okay right and uh, I'll probably be not that I hated the pick but I'm like man you can pick up running backs later on let's get right. you know let's get something different but I, that's why I'm not the GM so <laughs> hey, that's why we're just two guys on a podcast. Um, but yeah, that it's just we saw that was kind of a telltale there at the end of the game on that his final run where he just kind of put the Broncos to bed. It was like a ten yard. Yep. Just uh, he had guys you know hanging on to him, trying to trying to bring and him trying down. Trying to rip thought, the one ball of these out. games, right? One of these games, you're going to see him emerge from that pile 
and continue on down the road for 40 yards and a touchdown. And it'll be a, you know, ESPN top 10 yep. type. Book run. it. And, and yep. Yeah, so, so uh, really excited about that pickup. So big win for the Raiders. Before we get too far off track, though, I think we got one phone call this week, Tyler. Should we get into it? Yes. Our resident caller, Mr. James Burton. Woohoo! There they are, Tyler and Micah. And here I am, James Burton, your faithful caller. I know I talked too much last time, so I just called to say, go Raiders. We won. We beat the Broncos. We shut up the contempt-filled media that I saw on ESPN beforehand picking the Broncos and talking about the great defense of the Broncos and Vic Fangio. I think they just like saying his name. But they all picked the Raiders to lose, gave them no chance at all, and the Raiders came out and showed what kind of team we're going to be. And I don't know about y'all, but I'm excited. So I'm just going to stop there. Not going to go into any more detail because I talked too much last time. I don't want y'all to start dreading my calls. Tyler and Micah, thanks, man. Go Raiders. Raider Nation, God bless you. James, we are as excited as you are. Thank you so much for the call. I think all of Raider Nation is excited. I tell you what, I am interested to see... I'm not interested. I'm psyched to see that Coliseum rocking on Sunday because do you not think Oakland's going to need every advantage possible going into Sunday's game and a big Monday night week one win against your rival Denver Broncos to, to put all the drama behind you, put all the naysayers behind you, put all just all the, the people who doubted the, I mean, you saw the you know analysts on ESPN across the board. Denver was going to, yeah, quote-unquote analyst, uh, Denver was going to win that game. You know, Raiders didn't have a shot. Oakland came out laser-focused, gets the job done, and honestly, except for a touchdown that was scored with like two and a half minutes left, I mean, that it was a 24-9. to Yeah, Oakland had, Oakland shut them out. So uh, it, the, the score sure, certainly isn't, I would say, indicative of what, how the game was actually play. Um, it, it definitely looked a lot better. Lipstick on a pig as one person said it. That last touchdown was a, definitely a bit of lipstick on a pig for the Broncos. So Raiders need that call slam to be rocking and I've got a feeling, man, Tyler, it's just going to be insane I think every, after, after this win. And yeah. I think every game is going to be rocking and rightfully so. I mean, it's the last, it's the last season here. Or do we play the Colts at home or is the Colts on the road? I believe it's on the road. Okay. So the Colts, I, I think we're gone from the Coliseum for like seven weeks, so almost two months over the next uh, over wow. the next little while. Traveling, like we said in that interview with BD, about to the moon and back, like I think to the tune of over 3,000 miles. So, uh, mm. you know, how awesome would it be, though, to, to get that win over the Chiefs? It's asking a tall task, but... I mean, I think the right. Colts game is not looking too far ahead. I think that Colts game is very winnable. Um, and, Absolutely. And uh, could you imagine starting off this season three and zero? That how awesome that right. would be. So, so I'm looking at the schedule. It was my bad. We play the Vikings. Oh, next we play the Vikings. Okay. We go to the Vikings, then the Colts. Okay. And then we go all the way to London. Good grief, man. Then we go all the way to London for the Bears. Then we're at Green Bay and at Houston. And when's our buy? Our buy's in there somewhere, too, I think. Week oh, six. Our buy's right after. 
Um, uh, yeah, right after the Bears game. Okay. So, so we go to London, so have a bye, and then we go where? Green Bay? Then we go to Green Good Bay. gosh. Yeah, yeah. So it's pretty insane. But, I mean, I'm looking at this, and I'm I'm just looking at it from how everybody performed. Um, like you said, but, I, you know, Colts are a winnable game. Minnesota, that's going to be a tall task as well. Uh, I, I mean, I, we beat the Chiefs, then I can start having some hopes for beating beating the uh, the Vikings. Um, the Bears, though, I've always said it before, Trubisky, man. I don't like Trubisky. I think he's the uh, the weak link on that team. I, I could see I could see a, something crazy happening, but it's all the way in England, and that's always just a... That's it's always be, a hard anything, game for us in England. Yeah. I don't think we've won one or even really made right. him close. I'm, no, no. I mean, I think the Texans is another game. I mean, I, I honestly, in all honesty, I... I the Packers and the Texans are toss-ups, in my opinion. I mean, I, I could see that, you know, 1-1, 0-2. 2-0 and would be a shocker unless we come out and just absolutely throttle the Chiefs. Then nothing would surprise me then. Um, but the latter half of the schedule is what's got me going, hmm, if we can hang in there. We got Lions, very winnable game. Chargers, very winnable yep. game. Jets, winnable. Bengals, very Especially winnable. Especially if Sam Darnold still has mono. Ugh. And, and uh, you know, Bell's already starting to deal with some injuries. Apparently, he's all right. But, I mean, week one, he's already getting MRIs on his shoulders and everything. Chiefs again. Titans, very winnable. Jacksonville, very winnable. Chargers and Broncos. So, I mean, I would say, except for Chiefs twice, the Vikings, and maybe the Bears, all because just because it's all the way in England, there are four games right there that I would say, eh, that's a really tall task to ask. Oakland to win those games, but everything else, man, is at the at, at least a 50-50 probability in my opinion. Yeah. And yeah, the and the, we've already beat Broncos. The, so. the Packers, I mean, we've only seen one game, but the Packers squeaked out a victory over the Bears. The Bears have a you know a decent defense, but if you can't score points in the NFL today, right. you've you know you've got to be able to score points and. So if the Bears continue to not score points, that's, you know, I maybe we win that one. I don't know. But, yeah, I think, you yeah. know, t- this Sunday, that's a, a difficult task. We shall see what we can scheme up and uh, as we go against Andy Reid and the Chiefs and see what Gruden's got up his sleeve. And we kind of already talked about that game, so I won't really get into that very much. But um should be a good game. I know the stadium will be loud, so that's... Yeah. You know, that's a yeah. given. So feast off that energy. Yeah, and I, that's what I'm hoping. Maybe there's, you know, maybe we jump out immediately. You know, maybe we get the ball first, go down, score a touchdown, set the tone. You know, maybe we get a sack on Mahomes if we start on defense first, set the tone. Um, I think that's going to be big. Oakland's going to have to uh, control the game like we talked about on the ground and, and hopefully, like, you know, feed off that energy because it's definitely going to be there. And we got to... If Oakland could stay in that game and keep the crowd into that game, uh, I think as the game goes on, that'll really start to play into Oakland's hands a lot more, especially, you know, if it's not, you know, 24 to 7 at half. And we're going, well, you know, last week was, you know, week one was fun at least, you know, kind of a deal. (laughs) Time to look forward to the draft. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Not yet. I was very happy with week one. No, yeah, fantastic win. Um, And I think we all picked the Raiders to win, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so hats off to us. Unfortunately, we're all going against the Chiefs. So I will more than happy, happily, 
wear egg on my face this week, though, if we beat the Chiefs. I will throw two eggs on there. Scramble them, man. Yeah. Toss some bacon on me as well. I'll, I'll take it all. I'll take the whole breakfast if, if we beat the Chiefs. couple so. pancakes. Sausage <laughs> links. Driz- I'll drizzle a little syrup on Absolutely. there as well. <laughs> Raider Nation, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Behind the Eye Patch podcast. As always, find us on Twitter. Give us a call. 208-557-9771. Leave us a voicemail. We'd love to hear from you. We'll play it back on the show. Twitter at Behind iPatch and the Facebook page at Behind the iPatch. I always want to add the at in there. I've, I've been on Twitter too much, too long, and Facebook is you know slowly, I feel like, getting swept into the dustbin of history. Oh. Um, but Facebook page, uh, Behind the iPatch, search for it, follow us there. We always put up polls, always re- retweeting great content, our thoughts on, on the game. And uh, as always... Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you in the next podcast. Just win, baby.